0: Welcome to another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. This is the place for inspiration and empowerment so that you can overcome shame, guilt, fear, loss, and grief. We are barely scripted, raw, real, and we even have a lot of fun. This is your place to get some tips so that you can begin to disrupt your trauma for good. Let's get started. In this special episode, I'm sharing with you an audio track from a recent event. And this is a session that I did with my son, Sean. And we had a very frank discussion about overcoming grief and how we rewired our brains for happiness in the wake and in the years after Jamie's murder. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this session how we overcame grief and rewired our brains. This seems like some pretty heavy stuff, but stay tuned because we didn't even know we were doing it. I am obviously very happy and so proud to have my son, Sean, here with me during this session. And um, he always has so much wonderful perspective and wisdom to share, probably A chuckle or two. So what I first wanted to start with was when I say stuff like overcome, when I use that word especially overcome, I always feel like people might be going, wait a minute, overcome grief? Are you saying you have no more grief over your daughter who's dead, over your sister? But that's not really what overcome means, is it?
1: No. Yeah, I mean to use kind of a, maybe a cheesy analogy, but if you are exploring a cave and the, and the way in gets blocked, the only way out is through. And it doesn't mean that you're going to forget that time that you spent in the cave or that that will ever leave you, that that experience will ever change. But there is no turning back and opening the entrance to the cave. It's been blocked. You have to get through. That's the only way out. And yeah. that's kind of the way that I've seen it. It was our only way out of what we thought was this never-ending misery with Jamie, you know, the aforementioned cave that was blocked. There is no putting things back. There is no changing what took place. But in order for us to overcome, we needed to find a way to get through. And that was the only way out.
0: Right. Okay. So let's make it clear. Do you still feel grief?
1: Of course. Yeah. Of course. You know, it's, it's like I said, again, sticking with that analogy, you bump, you have bumps and bruises and injuries sustained in that climb out of that cave. that will never go away. You'll always have that little kink in your ankle, that little twitch in the night where you think maybe I'm back in that cave. But... It doesn't mean that you don't get out of there and you don't choose to get through it. Right. The grief is not forever gone. we will always feel momentary lapses of sadness and grief. And, and I won't even say lapse. That's not even the right word. But you, you'll feel time, times where you're not overcoming it. But then as long as you remember that you need to get back to that place, that mental health space where you are taking care of yourself and you're getting through those things, Because what else are you going to do? Could well, be miserable for the rest of your I, you life. You know
0: what? I met this lady one time, and um, she was talking to me about her husband. And she like, she was clearly in grief about her husband who had died. Of course, I was very compassionate That's about terrible. it. And then I found out he'd been gone for 17 years. And I'm not saying, because I know for a fact, mm-hmm. the hole in my heart caused by Jamie's death will be here forever. Sure. Got it. That's the deal. I'm on board with it. I understand that. I haven't lost my husband. I don't know how that feels. I'm not taking that away from her. What I'm saying is she seemed to still be inside the hole in her heart 17 yeah. years later. And I think that's why I always say that. Honor the hole in your heart. Because I kind of figured that out early on. Sean, I went, okay, I've lost my dad, my stepdad. But he was my dad, right? Your grandpa. Yeah. I've lost my grandparents. I've lost people. And I still grieve over them at times as well. But this felt different to me. And I, so I, I, right away I went, okay, I got it. I get the deal. This one's not going away. Mm-hmm. But here's what I discovered. Man, our hearts are huge. It's true. We can have a big old hole. We can have cracks and breaks and everything, and we can still find joy and happiness and laughter and love, and and then every now and then, the hole says, hey, that happens to you. I know it does, because yeah. you tell me all the time. Late moments
1: of TLC for, for the sadness, for that, you know, that memory, that experience that you had that touches a nerve or puts a a finger on a pressure point or whatever it is that makes you feel that sadness. You have to, from time to time, there's nothing to be done other than, you know, hey, i got to have a good cry or I "I need to talk to somebody about it. Or
0: Or listen to those sad songs that you know are going to rip your heart mm -hmm. out but you do it anyway.
1: But each time you do it, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And it's a way to, it's also nice to know that you're honoring the person by going out of your way to think about something that might make you feel sad about that individual. You're also keeping their memory alive because you're thinking about them, talking about them. But it needs to be in a healthy and constructive way, right?
0: Right, but I think that you're, you're so right, because I remember thinking that, you know, people say, well, you know, you'll get over it. No, I don't want to get over Jane. No, I'll get
1: through it though. Yeah,
0: but I don't want to get over her. Mm-hmm. But so what I'm talking about with rewiring our brains, I know that you probably thought that we did all of this analysis of how to rewire our brains, and we took all this training, and then we figured it all out, and we applied it, and voila, mm-hmm. it worked. Well, this is how it worked for us. First of all, you have to understand that the brain does have neural pathways and that you can rewire your brain. It isn't even that you can. We are doing it all the time. We do it for various reasons in our lives, not just in sad situations and bad situations. We can rewire our brains and cause us to think differently about things. Yeah. So I knew that. I understood that. Here's what was happening, though. When Jamie first died you know we dreaded the milestones and i know a lot of you can understand that you dread the milestones when somebody's gone or missing or you know completely gone from this earth you dread the milestones and i don't know why sean because you know her (laughs) birthday. you do okay well i'm going to hear it because her birthday is one day of 365 in a year Mm -hmm. her death date is one of 365 we're talking about two days out of 365 why are those miles i want to hear what you have to say i don't know why
1: i think uh to just quick backstory. Um, my cousin Shawnee, her niece, her little brother was hit by a car and killed about, I think, five weeks before Jamie was murdered. Um, six weeks maybe, yeah, not something even like that yeah. Very short period of time. And when she was going through her anguish, she was dedicating every single day for like a year straight to her brother. She was she would go to a a place and make it all about Shane and she would post all these pictures and do these things and these memories and at first I was like alright enough is enough you're jamming all this stuff in our faces then I realized what I was doing is instead of taking that anguish and dividing it over 365 days I was holding on to eight months worth oh. and letting it out on an important day okay the next important day after Jamie's death is five months later so, you stuff it all so all I'm away. stuffing that one in and wait so it's seven months of anguish that you're letting out in one day Five months that you're letting out on another instead of letting it out when it needs to, letting it dissipate over the course of a year, and giving it the attention that it needs. Instead, you're you're just looking on to that day, that one day where you're allowed to just be a miserable sap all day long.
0: Yeah, so actually what she was doing was a lot healthier. It was smart. Yeah, smart. I, and I maybe almost not kind even of knowing.
1: stole my idea from her, to be honest. She celebrates her brother every chance she gets, and yeah. I felt like Jamie deserved that same honor from us
0: okay so i believe that in the beginning now we didn't live in the same town at that at that time thank god we do now but we didn't live in the same town we weren't together on jamie's any of jamie's milestones until we moved to phoenix here a little over a year ago we weren't on together on those milestone days but i would hear about what sean was doing and he would say i'm just gonna have fun and it started right away Mm -hmm. because she died in august and then her birthday's in january And you were going, I'm just going to have fun, fun, fun. And I was going, I know what he's doing. He's trying not to feel the pain. And probably that's what was going on initially. Yep. Right? Yeah. Avoidance.
1: I mean, it started with, it started with, or I distracted myself all day long for sure.
0: Well, wait a minute. Let's go back to what you were doing was, you just got through telling me five months worth or seven Mm -hmm. months worth. You knew that was an explosion. Yeah. And I knew that
1: day was going to be sad and miserable and all that kind of stuff so instead of allowing it to be that linked by her by year two it had actively become a choice of on that day i am going to fill the day with things that were fun and it started with things that were fun to jamie then it was things that were just fun to me um so i don't know if you want me to give some examples but like sure one of the things that i did one year i got up in the morning worked out i uh, hung out with a few of my friends had lunch We went and saw a movie. As soon as the movie was over, we went straight to a bowling alley. Bowled. By the time 9 or 10 o'clock at night had rolled around, I didn't even have time to be miserable because I'd done so many fun things. And I'm not going to lie, when we got back from bowling, I took a shower and I cried in the shower and had my sad moment. But then it turned into doing something different and fun every year. So we went to Medieval Times for Jamie's. Right,
0: last year. uh,
1: Last year. And then this year I threw a party at my house and invited people over. I mentioned that in the previous session that We had a celebration of people who knew her, who didn't, who loved her, who probably would have. Who had never met her. Never. I mean, it was just a smattering of people from all over the place. You know, A friend of mine from Detroit who had never even met you until a couple months ago, and he came to show his support, and it was just nice to see all these people, and it was the first year I felt no pain, no sorrow, and no sadness on the day of her death.
0: Well, you know what's funny about that? That was the five-year anniversary of her death, and...
1: And it was the happiest one for me.
0: I know, and I brought pictures and posters. Remember, there were a lot of pictures around, and we bought, brought mementos of the Hanson CD mm-hmm. and the, the Hawaii pictures and lays and, and the Mai Tais because we had gone to the Bahamas that year when yep. you were young, and and um, that should have made you even sadder. So this brings me to what I'm talking about. I mean, I literally had this moment, this aha moment where I went, holy, you know what? We have rewired our brains, and initially it was a survival mechanism for you. For me it was a, dang, I'm over here missing out and being sad and and not really knowing what to do. And granted I have this mission which definitely helps me, uh, but I'm sitting there going, yeah, I wanna do some fun things with Sean too. But what I realized is what you said. We were rewiring our brains so that we no longer identify the death date, her birth date, the reason, of course, that's sad, I might have been being a little facetious earlier, is because she should be having another one.
1: Well, and, I mean, right? there's there, the hardest, some one of the hardest dates that I didn't even know was going to be hard for me was the day that I turned older than she was the day she was killed. Right. That was never supposed to happen. I was never supposed to be older than my Ever. sister. no. So there are those dates that, that weigh heavy on you and you don't even necessarily know that they do. But a big part of it, and I won't let one fly here, but... On her birthday, I wasn't, I, F that, I was not about to have her birthday be miserable every year for me. That her memory is was misery. just a sad, miserable day. I just was. I refused refuse to have the memory of my sister be sad. Her death day was really, really sad. But I, I remember my dad said to me, her death day doesn't bother me really that much because, you know, it, w- we understand that, that, you know, another expletive guy took her life and and didn't give her a chance and we've we understand what that day means and I understand what it means to me but to not have her get another year that's really hard for me he said he couldn't he couldn't even talk about her birthday he couldn't even talk about it he wouldn't say anything to me and I've got on my soapbox and preached about turning her days into happy days too and this year was one of the first years he reached out to me first on her birthday and said happy birthday to her and It's making him look at it from a different perspective, too, because we were all allowing her birthday to be miserable because we were sad. Instead
0: of celebrating her birthday. You know, I've said this before, Sean, and, you know, I'll say it without emotion, hopefully. Um, If I had to do it all over again, knowing all of it, all of it, because 15 of her 30 years were not pleasant. Sure. If I had known all of it, I would do it over again, even knowing Mm -hmm. how it would go, because I wouldn't want to have missed out on the amazing person that she was, on the honor of being her mom and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think um, we've said this before, maybe not in this session, but in a different one. It's like it's not honoring her for us to be miserable. It's almost saying we're so sad you were born because we're so sad on your birthday. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. Don't get me wrong. But if that's a, you, it's, it's understandable.
1: almost undermining um, any importance of any day for her. It sort of, it it makes those days no longer of the same value and that's unfortunate and it's just something that I decided wasn't a possibility for me anymore and that rubbed off I think for all of us we just decided yes. that day didn't get to be undermined anymore it was going right. to be a the day that we take back
0: you decided it and I think like I said in the beginning you decided you know, like I'm just going to survive because I know me and I'm going to fall apart I'm going to be a blubbering as you've said before mess of whatever and you know this day is going to be that and then, then, when you got a little stronger, it was, no, I don't want that day to be that. I want to honor mm-hmm. her. But here's my point, my friends. You can actually rewire your brain. This isn't us pretending. Yeah. This isn't us trying to avoid. I didn't fall apart the day after Jamie's birthday this year. I didn't, I didn't cry on her birthday at all this year. Her oh, birth- no. Wrong. Her I birthday did that Facebook was... post, and of course I cried because I put well, that poem and all this is applicable because but... her
1: birthday was eight days ago. And it was right? on a Monday, and we all had to work the next day, and we got together the day prior and there was no tears, no sadness. I gave a toast to her in the kitchen here at the end of it and it was just a happy occasion. It was just, we all were in a good mood. It was a positive experience and that was just so different than what it was in the beginning.
0: Right, okay, so now this is what I'm talking about with this rewiring. I actually was looking forward to the five year anniversary of my daughter's death day. Not that she's gone, you guys know what I'm talking about. The party the party Mm -hmm. sean talked about that he had it was a great day i could have remember we talked about how i was going to have the food catered and we were going to there's like 20 people there and i said no i want to make it because i want it to be from my heart i want to make some things that were you know she loved and make the red velvet cake and do all the stuff and make it you know from me and then like i said bringing all the things so not only this isn't
1: like no leftovers by the way (laughs) People went a little hard in the paint. It was at my house, and half the benefit was it was supposed to be left behind.
0: And there were no leftovers. Anyhow. That's funny. But I think what, what impacted me is not only did we rewire our brains, because I really do feel that. Uh, Christmas comes, you know, a few months later. You know, and again, when I wrote that poem for Jamie, it was just some random day. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have our times. But what we've done is rewired so that we actually look forward to these milestones so that we can truly celebrate her. And I don't think a lot of people can say that. And that's why we wanted to share this with you because we know it's possible because we've done it. But here's the other thing, Sean, that really hit me at that party at your house. You mentioned it. There were only a handful of people there that knew Jamie, right? It was you and me and Rich and Grandma and Shawnee and Justin
1: um, Lisa knew her a little And
0: Lisa had met her when she was little, but Devin that's met it. her
1: twice. Yeah, had met her but, but little was... people
0: didn't. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, kudos to your friends, because they were mostly your friends, that would come to a five-year celebration for your sister who not only died but was murdered. Who you they know, didn't even meet. Who they didn't meet mm-hmm. and would think, you know, they don't know me. Am I gonna fall apart? Is it gonna be sad? And they came anyway. So first of all, kudos to them. But I think the reason that they were able to do that is because they've seen how you are. And you've said this before, I don't want Jamie's death to be that thing Mm -hmm. that nobody wants to talk about.
1: That's what started it was people would say to me, I'm really sorry about what happened. And I'm like, you mean my sister who was murdered. I understand it's an uncomfortable thing for you to say, but it's not an uncomfortable thing for me to hear or for me to talk about. Because Jamie's memory just candidly will not become that thing that happened. Ever, my sister is not that thing that happened. She was a person who lived, who died. It was very loved. It was sad, but we loved her, and I will keep her memory alive. I will not allow it to be this misery that snowballs for the rest of my life. I just won't have it.
0: Well, (laughs) think about we talked about in our other family session. We talked about the things that have come out that are good out of this whole situation that we went through, and think about this one though, Sean. I can remember when there were a couple people who who died. That's another thing. It's okay to say the word died, Mm -hmm. dead, killed, murdered. Those words are okay because we want them to be okay. We have to start having conversations that are uncomfortable to help other people.
1: And you're not saying it like you're celebrating it. It doesn't mean that you're giving it life or you're happy. You're just factually stating something that took place in your life. It is a reality. And if you can openly talk about it, it's a whole lot easier to not move on from it, but move forward from it like we've been talking about.
0: Right, okay, so people, I think that reason that people don't like to talk about that thing that happened is because they're almost afraid it's going to make you sad. Guess what? Or make you remember, we've never forgotten. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't have to worry about reminding me that my daughter was killed. I know.
1: Yeah, and I don't need your help to be sad. If, I, if I'm feeling sad. <laughs> I
0: can do it on my yeah. own, yeah. If
1: I'm feeling so, sad, I'll find a my point is
0: that when you were younger, a couple people died. And I remember you saying, Mom, I don't know what to do. I don't want to call them. I don't want to talk to so-and-so. I don't want to do anything because I don't know what to say. I, again, we didn't practice. We didn't script none of this. I think I might know your answer, but I'm going to ask you. What is the worst thing you can say to someone? Nothing. I knew it. I knew mm-hmm. you isn't it
1: yeah anything's anything is better than nothing and there's a one individual in my life we we had been at crosswords with each other throughout the course of my time knowing him we barely ever speak to each other Uh, we'd gotten along great we would fought we'd had all kinds of strange interactions when jamie was murdered i hadn't seen him in maybe three years four years hadn't even spoken And he was one of the people I last expected to send me a long, nice, kind message. uh, Just on Facebook. And I'll keep his name to myself for his sake, for protecting him. But I'll never forget his name. I'll never forget that he sent me that message ever, as long as I live. And I don't even know what he said. I just know that he said something. That he said something. And that it was from someone I didn't expect it from. Meant a great deal to me.
0: So, you know, I honestly think that what we're trying to say here, a couple things. You can rewire your brain. Not to get rid of the grief or the sadness forever. It's not, you don't have to do that.
1: You have to live with it. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be an anchor that drags you to the bottom of the ocean. That's
0: a good way to say that. I might have to put that on a, here, I need to take a note. I'm stealing that. <laughs> it's true though. The grief does not have to, that's what we mean when we talk about overcoming something. To overcome means that it no longer has a hold on you. We didn't say obliterate grief. Mm-hmm. Eliminate it but it no longer has a hold on us and we know how to celebrate. And I really hope the other thing that we are doing by being this way, by rewiring our brains and having these celebrations and not being afraid to talk about it, I hope we're, we're teaching other people so that when that happens, they're not going to be that guy who calls his mom and says, I don't know what to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because he will learn that it's better to say something than nothing. Agreed. So... I hope that this time together, just kind of listening to our perspectives, we didn't give you any big tips or anything like that. Just hopefully you can use a little something, a little nugget, one little piece of wisdom, one something to help you rewire your brain and help you overcome grief so that you can live with it. You can live without that hole in your heart. But like you said, it doesn't have to drag you to the bottom of the ocean. Well, Sean, I just want to say a special thank you. Not only am I super, super proud of you for everything you've done. I have to thank you so much for teaching me how to rewire my brain. Um, and obviously you can tell he's not a shy guy. He's a natural speaker. But still, this isn't, you know, your mission. This isn't what you do. You have a job and a life and everything. So I'm just so thankful that you were willing to come here of course, and um, spend time and, and share your wisdom and perspective. So thank you so much.
1: Of course. If anybody didn't Get anything out of what I said or has any complaints about it, send a message to my agent. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Thanks again for being here. It is time for you to use your story to disrupt your trauma for good. Your story matters. So you've got to learn how to live it courageously. Link arms with me at ValerieSilvera.com. We are in this thing called life together. It's time to disrupt our trauma for good.